What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Built with Beck, your health and fitness podcast. It's been a couple episodes, but this week we're going to dive into a very specific nutrition and fitness related topic. I had a lot of fun recently talking about things like growing in your self-confidence, doing a Q&A that did include some specific nutrition and fitness. Last week we talked about things that I wish I knew when I started my fitness journey, which still entailed some specific facts related to nutrition and fitness. But this week, the entire episode is dedicated to a specific nutrition and fitness topic, which is cycle syncing. In this episode, I'm going to talk about what cycle syncing is, going to talk about the way that it's done, what the current research is reflecting. I'm going to share some of my issues with cycle syncing and the way that it's talked about in the health and fitness space, but not just on like a smaller scale basis, but also some larger scale issues I see at hand. But then, like anything, there's always going to be an it depends kind of factor. So I'm not saying that cycle syncing in all cases is terrible and should never be done. So we'll finish out the episode talking about some takeaways that I think we can learn and put in practice from cycle syncing. And also, how many times am I going to have to say cycle syncing in this episode? But we'll go ahead and get on into it. Um, We're going to start first right off the bat with what even is cycle syncing? I do know that most of my demographic, by the way, is women. Uh, And I love the men that do listen and engage with my content. That's awesome. I'm going to be honest, though, this episode is for the girls. So if you're listening to this and you are a man, you will not personally benefit much from this episode unless for some reason you have a girl in your life that you care about and you want to learn if she needs to be cycle syncing her workouts and nutrition, I guess. Um, But cycle syncing is inherently about the menstrual cycle. So unless you have a menstrual cycle, you probably won't really see how this applies directly to your life. So check in back next week. Let's talk about what cycle syncing is now that it's just us girls. Cycle syncing is tailoring your workouts according to the current phase of your menstrual cycle. However, cycle syncing can also extend a bit further beyond just tailoring your workouts and can also apply to tailoring your food or even supplement routines according to the current phase of your menstrual cycle. Now, what's important to note about cycle syncing before we get further into the episode is that this is done preemptively, okay? This isn't just, oh, let me wake up in the morning and see how I'm feeling at this stage in my cycle and see what I want my workouts to be or my food to be or my supplements to be. The idea of cycle syncing is that there is kind of a pre-established exercise and nutrition regimen based on the stage of your cycle. And this is a really important part of the conversation. So this isn't just, hey, according to where you are and your cycle and how you experience symptoms at that stage, you can make informed decisions on your nutrition and training. No, there are actually like very specific recommendations when it comes to cycle syncing, and that's what I want to clarify a little bit here. This episode is going to talk mostly about the way that exercise is brought into the conversation of cycle syncing, um, because yes, food and supplements are included in this conversation, but most of cycle syncing has to do with what workouts should you be doing across different phases of your cycle. Let's talk briefly about the cycle side of cycle syncing. Now, we know that there are, depending on the way that you frame it, three to four stages of the menstrual cycle, of this monthly cycle that the female body goes through, right? But 
you can look into the nitty gritty of each phase in the cycle and how those recommendations vary, but I'm just going to draw the distinction between two particular phases because it's essentially looking at your cycle on a monthly basis and allotting certain weeks um, or certain phases of your cycle as like those are the high intensity types of training weeks and then looking at others as the low intensity types of training. So we can look at this specifically with the follicular phase and the luteal phase because these are great examples of the dichotomy of cycles and gait. So when you're in your follicular phase, this is typically when symptomatically a woman will experience increased energy, maybe some more creativity. You'll overall feel good. There is some overlap in the follicular phase with like menstruation, with when you're actually on your cycle. But at these times, our bodies are typically primed to better handle stress and to handle more stress. Recoverability is a bit higher. So the recommendation according to cycle syncing is that you should use the follicular phase as a time to incorporate high intensity workouts, things like strength training, higher intensity cardio, some running, higher impact level training. Compare this then to the luteal phase, which is that window leading up to the start of your cycle, this is when typically you'll experience more PMS type symptoms. So we have higher progesterone, so we're gonna have a lower mood, maybe some more like abdominal pain or abdominal cramping, um, maybe some fatigue. You'll overall just feel those like typical period symptoms in that luteal phase. So according to cycle syncing, this is a time when you are better suited for lower intensity activities. You need longer longer periods for recovery. Things like yoga, Pilates are often touted as like the ideal forms of exercise during your luteal window. Let's just make this long story short. There is research that indicates conclusively there is no solid evidence that cycle syncing workouts optimize your fitness. It's not necessary. There is no research that shows you will be a better athlete, you will be more fit, you will achieve your goals better if you cycle sync. There, there is no research that shows that. And it's been looked at, right? So if you are literally just listening to this and you're like, Becca, just tell me, should I be cycle syncing my workouts? No, you don't need to, okay? The research shows that there is no necessary benefit. Um, there's not like a guarantee that you're gonna improve anything because you're cycle syncing your workouts, okay? But if you want more than just that no answer, you wanna hear the ifs, ands, because, you wanna hear a little bit more, let's dive in a little bit deeper. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I have issues with the topic of cycle syncing on kind of a smaller scale, but also on a larger scale, the ramifications of like the conversation of cycle syncing itself. So let's talk first about a couple smaller scale problems that I have with cycle syncing. Um, I specifically have three issues. These are kind of like logistical issues, if you will. Three issues that I see with with cycle syncing specifically. Say that 10 times fast. Number one, no two women are the same and their cycles are not gonna be the exact same. Some women experience really intense PMS symptoms in that luteal phase, the days leading up to their cycle, and then once they start their cycle, it's smooth sailing, right? Like that's a very common experience for many women. Others don't have that experience. Other women feel great until they start their cycle, or maybe it's just the day before they start their cycle, and then through their period, they're miserable and they're not feeling great. The point is, there is not a like one size fits all period. So assuming then that there is a one size fits all approach for training around your period makes no sense. If you have a very consistent, predictable cycle and the symptoms associated with it and your friend has very different symptoms, very different experience, 
it's not super logical or practical to assume then that you two should just blindly follow the exact same plan, right? Like no two women are the same, so no two cycles are going to be exactly the same. That's issue number one. Issue number two. Oh, well, let me just give a little side note to that issue number one again before I move on. This is true for like anything with health and fitness. I mean, if you've listened to any of my episodes, you've probably heard me say it's not a one size fits all approach. Like something that works for someone is not necessarily going to work for everyone else. The key to health and fitness, if we know that you have to be consistent, is to find a routine that genuinely works for you. So if you're trying with every single ounce of like being that you have to make cycle syncing work for you, and it's just not like these general recommendations of doing high intensity work in your follicular phase and then yoga during your period, if you're like, that doesn't make sense for me, you don't have to force it. Okay, issue number two. Not just are two women different in their cycles, but one singular woman's cycles aren't always even the same, right? Like there can be a month where you skip ovulation. There can be a month where you have shorter or longer menstrual cycle. Maybe some days you have a 20, some months you have a 28 day cycle. Maybe you have a 35 day cycle on other months. The point is our cycle is not like a clean cut 28 day window that's predictable and routine all the time. Now, Are you listening to this and you're like, wait, well, Becca, my cycle is actually down to the wire, exact and accurate and predictable. Awesome. That's great for you. That's not the case for everyone. So again, maybe something would work for you, but it wouldn't work for everyone. So not only are two people's cycles different, but a woman's cycles can be different month to month. Even just increased stress at work, just as an example, can impact your body's cycle. It can delay your cycle. You can have increased bleeding or frequency of cycles like your cycle is impacted by so many different things that to assume you can just follow this really predictable but somehow also constantly changing workout plan based on your cycle is kind of unrealistic let's talk about the third smaller scale issue or logistical problem the idea of cycle syncing also introduces issues for women who are on the pill or on similar methods of hormonal birth control who are not having true menstrual cycles. Like it's not a true menstrual cycle. You're not experiencing the same um, type of hormonal interaction within your body because you are taking in some form hormones. So this idea of cycle syncing, even if it did work perfectly for women who are not on hormonal birth control, it's not going to be the same for women who do not have these true like naturally occurring hormones in their body okay so if you are struggling with the idea of cycle syncing and you're like I don't even know when to do it don't worry about it okay don't worry about it but let's not just leave it there let's talk about some of these larger skill issues that I see with cycle syncing I have three specifically number one This just introduces another hoop for people to jump through, or at least another hoop to make women think they have to jump through if they want to be successful in their health and fitness. The idea of cycle syncing can be just another barrier to entry. It just makes things seem even more complicated than they can already seem, right? Now, at this point, it's not enough to have to be mindful of your calorie intake, prioritize your protein, eat enough fruits and veggies, consume enough dietary fiber, drink your water, strength train, do some cardio, hit your step goal. At this point, that's not enough. Now you have to do all of that, but in slightly different variations every few weeks based on where you are in your cycle. Hopefully you can hear my like sarcasm and my exaggeration in that idea. Like that is, it's ridiculous, right? 
So one of my like main larger scale issues with the idea of cycle thinking is it just continues to overcomplicate health and fitness, which we already know is already overcomplicated. You can already go online and look up how many calories you should be consuming a day and you could probably find upwards of 10 different answers, right, on different websites. You can look up the best workout to build your glutes and you'd probably find 10 plus workouts that are recommended. Like there is no shortage of confusing information out there when it comes to health and fitness. So as a health and fitness coach who works with people wanting to improve their health and fitness, the idea that now there's like another level that people have to jump to, there's another hoop that women have to jump through to see success is really frustrating. Let's talk briefly about how cycle syncing can also apply to food intake. The idea with food-based cycle syncing is essentially prioritizing different nutrients around different parts of your cycle. So it's the same idea here. My same frustration applies here. If someone's going to worry about their nutrition, I would so much rather they spend their energy focusing on hitting a consistent protein intake, cooking the majority of the foods they eat, prioritizing whole foods in their diet, cutting back on ultra-processed foods. That's where I want their energy to go. I don't want them to be wasting their time worrying about which type of nut or which leafy green they should be eating during this window of their cycle. That is something that I call majoring the minors. All right, so this larger scale issue of cycle syncing in summary comes down to continuing to overcomplicate fitness, give people another hoop that they feel like they have to jump through, and it's just not even necessary. Like the research doesn't even show definitive benefit to the practice of cycle syncing. So again, it's just this pointless, like additional thing that makes fitness hard, right? Let's move on to larger scale issue number two. On another note, are we just going to now set the expectation that women have to or can only put their body through hard exercise half of the month? Do women really have to spend half of the month preemptively taking it easy? No. How frustrating is that? Like to not just be given permission to like, hey, you can take it easy if you have terrible cramps, if you have awful PMS symptoms, like it's totally okay to swap a workout for Pilates or to swap a run for a walk. Like that's totally fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this messaging that tells women they're hurting their bodies if they don't take it easy half of the month. That is just incredibly frustrating. There's a term that's used in the fitness world that I really like, and it's called pinkwashing. And obviously, I mean, this is used in in marketing. It's not just fitness. But when it comes to fitness, there are certain marketing tactics that are intended to target slash appeal to women, which is called pinkwashing. And I feel like cycle syncing at its worst is just really, really in your face pinkwashing of exercise, like taking care of your body. Like it's just further enforcing this idea that women's bodies are weak, that women's bodies can't handle the same type or form or amount of exercise as men's bodies, and we need to take it easy. Our bodies can't handle that half of the month. It's just a really frustrating rhetoric to me, just if I'm being honest. Um, So that's issue number two, is that it just sets this expectation um, and, I don't know, progresses this this conversation, I guess, that women's bodies are weaker than men's. And that's just annoying. That's just annoying. Okay, larger scale issue number three. Um, This might be, I I don't know, this might sound counterintuitive. This might borderline be a hot take. But I believe that the way cycle syncing is talked about in the fitness world now further disconnects women from the ability to truly listen to their body. 
Let's say it's the third day of your luteal phase and maybe you don't feel 100%, but you feel good, right? Like maybe you're like, okay, I'm not feeling great, but like I feel decently fine. But because of cycle syncing and this idea that you have to follow certain exercise protocols at certain times of your cycle, you still take it easy because you feel like that's what you should do for the sake of your cycle. Now keep in mind, the menstrual cycle is not even close to being the only factor that impacts your body's ability to recover from stress, right? Recoverability. The menstrual cycle is not the only thing that impacts that. If we looked at the research and we saw, okay, you can recover from your workouts, you can lower the inflammation, you can build muscle mass, like your body can handle stress all of the time, just like a man's body. But the menstrual cycle is this really unique, massive factor that puts the body under a ton of stress and compromises recovery. That might be a different conversation. But the menstrual cycle is not even close to being the most important or the only factor that impacts recoverability. In fact, if you're looking at the research on factors that contribute to the human body's ability to recover from intense exercise, the menstrual cycle is not even going to be near the top of the list. The main players or like the main factors that will impact your recovery are going to be quality sleep, taking adequate recovery windows or like rest days, having proper calorie intake with an ideal amount of calories coming from carbs and protein, like overall stress management, those are going to be much more influential on your body's ability to recover from and adapt to training stimulus. So if you wake up on that third day of your luteal phase, you've been eating at maintenance, you hit your protein goal every day that week, you just got seven to eight hours of solid sleep, and you feel good and refreshed, maybe a little crampy, but maybe digestion's a little off or something, but by all objective measures, your recovery is perfectly fine. Are you just supposed to then take it easy anyways? Like, are you supposed to just go do some yoga instead of your normal lift just because of where you are in your cycle? Not necessarily. And this is where I think it can be damaging for women's ability to listen to and honor their body. Because I think if we're just consistently following some arbitrary schedule for training that does not actually take into account how our body is feeling, we're just further and further disconnecting ourselves from our ability to kind of tune in. Like, how's my soreness been? How's my mobility? Do I feel like I'm retaining extra water? How's my sleep been? All of these factors. This kind of introduces the question of how do I know when to push myself and keep going to my workouts versus when to take an extra rest day? And this is a pretty common conversation, um, at least something that I get asked about pretty frequently as a coach of, you know, when do I know to take the extra rest day versus when to keep pushing? And honestly, the question of when to push versus when to pull back is something that we navigate forever and not just in fitness. Drawing the line and making judgment calls extend across other areas of life too. Think about like taking a sick day at work. At what point do you decide, oh, you know what, I'm fine enough to go into the office versus no, I need to take a sick day. Or what about like your workload? At what point are you okay to put more on your plate and keep pushing versus when do you pull back, have a conversation with your boss about workload or advocating for a raise or, you know, asking for someone to work on a project with you? Similar judgment calls with training. If you wake up exhausted in the morning, sometimes the right answer is going to be, hey, I'm just tired. I need to still go get in my workout. Other days, the right answer might be, no, I'm super fatigued. Doing more training will only continue to worsen my recovery. I need to take an extra rest day. There's no one right answer all the time. The point of all of this is that becoming more in tune with your body and becoming more equipped, I guess, to make those judgment calls is something that 
number one is a valuable skill that you'll need throughout your life as you continue to take care of your body and prioritize your fitness. But it's also something that just requires putting the reps in, you know, It might take that one time of where you think you're good enough to push and go to the gym, but you end up going and maybe you are pushing yourself too hard, you get an injury. Or maybe you end up pushing yourself and then you come home and like you're sick the next day and you're just like terrible, you're not feeling well. Maybe you go push yourself and you end up being so sore that you have to take three days off the gym next. Um, you, You learn from that. You know, you learn, okay, next time I'm feeling that way, it might be better to take an extra rest day. Same example or same scenario, I guess. There might be a time where you're thinking, oh, I'm super exhausted. I'm going to take an extra rest day and you hit snooze on your alarm. Maybe you wake up later that day and you're like, you know what? I'm actually feeling fine. I think I was just tired earlier. I'm going to go get in my workout anyways. There are going to be times where you make a decision and you learn whether that was the right decision or not. And so I believe that if we just turn our blinders on to what our body is telling us and instead we just assume that we need to follow this ambiguous schedule of I need to be doing yoga because I'm about to start my period. We just worsen our ability to really tune into how our body is feeling and our confidence in our own ability to make judgment calls about exercise or nutrition and things like that. So my concern is that, um, you know, becoming more in tune with their body and its needs is a valuable skill. We're going to need it throughout our life. And so I think that following some training and nutrition regimen like cycle thinking preemptively based on your cycle is going to just hinder our ability to read when our body truly does need the rest versus when it is capable of pushing. So I've made a point to highlight how cycle syncing is inherently done preemptively, right? This is the idea that, hey, when you enter this phase of your cycle, this is the type of training you need to be following. And I think that this is where maybe the exception lies or the caveat lies. I might be against formal cycle syncing of like, hey, you need to do low intensity work half of the month. But I'm not saying like, oh, there is no place for modifying your training and your eating based on your cycle. Um, That's not what I'm saying. So let's talk about it a little bit. When can the idea of cycle syncing work for some people? There are people who firmly believe that cycle syncing is the best thing for their body and their goals. Great. I am happy for you. I want you to feel empowered by what makes you feel good, what helps you achieve your goals, and I want you to take that seriously in your life. It would be kind of hypocritical if I came on here and talked about how cycle syncing is terrible and works for nobody and everyone should quit doing it and everybody should follow the same approach that I'm touting. Like, obviously, that's kind of hypocritical, right? But the purpose of this episode was to discourage the idea that everyone has to follow the same one-size-fits-all approach. And that goes both ways. So if you love cycle syncing and what it's done for you, awesome. But if you've gone through your month and you don't have a specific plan that accounts for where you are in your cycle, don't let the recent pressure of the trend of cycle syncing pressure you into changing a routine that already works for you. And if you don't have a plan that you enjoy or you benefit from right now, I would encourage you to create a more simple, consistent structure or plan that you can follow before wondering if you need a plan that now changes every one to two weeks. No matter what the plan is, success in fitness requires consistency and longevity, right? So your plan is going to work for you if it fits well into your lifestyle. We just have to be realistic about those things. Let's go back to that idea of knowing your body and feeling confident making those judgment calls, when to rest, when to push. I think that a lot of this does come down to knowing your body. If you do wake up on that third day of your luteal phase and your insides feel like they are being shredded apart and you're nauseous and you're starving at the same time, but your head hurts and you just feel weak, 
it is totally okay in that moment to swap your lift for a walk or a mobility exercise or just an extra rest day. There's no shame in that. My issue is not with the idea of modifying your training when needed. My issue is with preemptively feeling like you can't do strenuous exercise based on where you are in your cycle because some girl on TikTok is talking about how cycle syncing changed her life, especially when current research shows there's no direct benefit to it. It's just not necessary. So in summary, your fitness journey does not need to follow a one-size-fits-all approach. Number two, Find what works for you and stick to that. And then if it quits working for you, when it quits working for you, you can shift gears. You can find something else. Number three, it's a valuable skill to learn to listen to your body. And that is something that is done through practice. And number four, it's also valuable to challenge your body. We don't have to just be soft with ourselves because we're women and we have a menstrual cycle, okay? You are capable of doing lots of hard things. And you're capable of doing those hard things while also being a woman and having a menstrual cycle. So while there is benefit in giving yourself grace and valuing restorative movement and taking rest days, like there is benefit to that, there is also benefit to bucking up and doing it anyways. You know, like there's benefit to saying like, I can, I can keep going. I can push harder. I can take a rest day tomorrow. And I cannot sit here and tell you what the right answer is for you every day. Again, this is going to come down to knowing your body. And the only way that you will become better at that and become more confident in making those calls is by practicing it. So I hope that this episode was helpful. If you've been curious about cycle syncing, if you've been seeing it online, or you've got some questions about it, hopefully this answered some of those. If you do have follow-up questions for me, I'd love to hear from you. You can always find my contact information in the show notes, so you can check that out there. Shoot me an Instagram DM or an email. If you're interested in having someone else create a structured plan for you, taking into account your goals, your preferences, your lifestyle, I am your girl. You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching program, which is fully online, um, clicking the website in my show notes or just shooting me a message. We can talk about it from there. So hope you enjoyed this episode on cycle syncing. That's all we have time for today. So I will talk to you guys next week. 